if this is true, do you know what the most offensive offer in hockey is currently? Like to any player or just like in general, like like a free agent offer? Any current player. I think this is probably the most offensive offer. What is that offer? Trevor Zegers, three years, three to four million per on his RFA. That's what's being reported. Okay, so we know for a fact that they've agreed on the term. Three million, uh, three years. That's what's been reported, like as confirmed as this is it. Corner Renault Lavoie TVA, which everyone you know knows is like the French version of Bob McKenzie. Ducks are offering Trevor Zegers three to four million AAV. If you're offering him three times three, is that not the most offensive deal you can have in hockey? Uh yeah, I, I guess for like a player of Trevor Zegers's um, caliber, but like. In reality, this is negotiations, right? Like you're not gonna, like if you're Pavel Beek, you're not gonna go in with your best offer, right? You're going to go with the offered and then kind of like start low and then work your way up with the agent and the player, right? Okay, yeah, but realistically, would like if it's a three-year deal, he makes what five point two five, five and a half. Is that is that reasonable? Didn't you say three years, three million per? Well, no, like if. I was offering, like, where I think this deal lands if it's three years. I think, realistically, he should get somewhere around there, right? If he's going to, on a three-year deal, that's where I think his value is. Five, five point two five, five and a half. Does that sound kind of reasonable? Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't even be worried if it was at six, to be honest. But, like, this is what I said, like, a couple of pods ago, where... When we talk about Anaheim, like is Zegras uh, like a future franchise cornerstone standard for them? And I actually have to say he's probably not one of their cornerstone centers anymore. Like you just drafted what Leo Carlson, you have Mason McTavish who's you know slowly blossoming in the NHL. Zegras, I mean, he's a great player. Like he's a fan favorite. You can he, he's got stardom per se. But is he, is he a great player for Anaheim and what Pat Verbeek wants to build? He might not be it. And, like, you know, like, Pat Verbeek, he's just going to negotiate the hell out of you. I assume Zegers is going to sign. If they want three years, it's going to be three years. But I think it's going to be at the number that Verbeek wants. Like, he can nitpick as much as he wants. But, you know, uh, Zegers is an RFA. So, like, what's you have him under contract. No one's going to take him from you. Well, I think if you're if you're Zegers, you're taking a little offense because you know Verbeek's going to be like, yeah, we don't have money. That's why we would offer you three times three. You know, that's part of the argument is that we can't pay you more. And then turn around and say, hey, remember, Troy Terry, uh, sorry, Troy, Alex Kaloran is getting paid, what, $25 million over four years? They just turn around and sign Radko Gudas to four, uh, three years, $12 million? For you to then go, yeah, I can't afford to Zegers. Like, you know, we've got the internal cap, we've got the internal cap, internal budget. Like, you can't, you can't turn around and make that argument either, though, right? Because there's that, and then you also remember Jamie Drysdale is also an RFA. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I think those are two different cases, right? Jamie Drysdale is coming off of like a long um, injury 
So we haven't seen much of him. And really, that contract he's going to sign is probably not going to be as significant as the Zeke's contract. But, I mean, like the way I look at it, I, I get that whatever is being reported, you know, it could be correct, could be false. I mean, until we hear it from Packer Peak or hear it from uh, Trevor Zegers or his agent, like we don't actually know what the number was, right? Like maybe someone fed um, the reporter like a an, a, a really shitty like uh, offer so that that speeds up conversation or that you know puts more pressure on Anaheim Ducks management to you know get a contract done, right? So like in the end, like. I think Zeker signs in Anaheim. Like, there's no other option, really. Like, yes, he'll miss a couple of days of training camp, but I don't see this extending too long, right? Like, Zegers is marketable, but I'm I'm gonna continue to say this. I don't think Zegers is gonna be like a long-term duck. I think he's been passed already by Leo Carlson and Mason McTavish in the depth charts. Even though Leo Carlson, you know, even ha- though he hasn't even played a game, I think the Ducks don't see Zegers as a long-term piece. Okay, you got to pump the brakes there on uh, Carlson. Like, yeah, he's good, but yeah, like you said, he hasn't played a game yet, and you're going to say he's better than a 60-point player who's 22. Like, that's a high bar. You you either, like, really dislike Zegers or you're really high in Carlson. That seems like a bit over. But, why, like, I guess then the question besides you know, the code or whatever you want to call it. What's stopping Buffalo from signing him to an offer sheet? Buffalo's got cap space. Buffalo's got 8.8 million. And, you know, he's not going to get 8 million. They have the picks. They have their first three round, first four rounds in the next three years, all their own picks. And think of, think of the center depth they would have. If they got, if they got him, Tish Thompson, first line center, perfect. Trevor Zegers, second line center, perfect. Dylan Cousins, third line center, amazing. You can probably maybe make Payne Krebs a, you know, winger or something. You try to figure that out. But what's to stop the Buffalo Sabers from doing this? Besides the code, ah, uh, not not much to be honest. I I agree with you, like. It's, but like the way I think it though, like what a team, like is there that much difference in money that like one team offers compared to another team? Like, you know, obviously like if the Ducks are like, okay, we're going to, like if Zegers go signs, you know, three years, six million with Buffalo. I could definitely see Anaheim would just be like, yeah, we'll take it, right? Like, they have a lot of cap. No one really knows what their internal cap is, right? So, But you see that, oh, the Ducks have, what, $16, $17 million in cap space? They're going to match whatever Zegra signs elsewhere. So I, I don't think they're worried. I'm, I think just other teams are just like, you know, just they know he's going to sign in Anaheim. Why are they going to even bother doing an offshoot if they know that it's just going to be matched? So, the one reason why I consider maybe they wouldn't match it is, like you mentioned, you don't think he's here long-term. Why not just take the picks now, then? If you already think he's not going to be there long-term, you can take it first and a third right now on a team who's, like, middling. You know I mean? They're, they're, they're not going to – probably not going to win the cup this year. I'm not – like, a, you know, if you're a betting person, 
you put, there's probably not very high odds that they win the cup this year, so you can probably get okay picks. But a first and a third round pick, like yeah, you're probably getting undervalued for them, but you just get this over with now. Well, you just kind of mentioned it right there. Like you could trade Zekeris for more than a first and a third. So I think if it comes to the point where it's like December, like or November thirtieth, and they still haven't signed Zekeris, then I see okay, then they'll trade him for like good value, right? But like I, I don't think we're going to get to that point. I think probably before October first, we're going to see Zekeris sign with the Ducks. It'll be all over. Drysdale would have also signed with the Ducks, and you know this would all kind of be a moot point and. You know, I, I think you're quite accurate in your guess of how much he's going to sign for, like three years, 5.25 per probably, like somewhere along that range. I, I We can definitely see that. Yeah, and I don't know. It just seems interesting. I think it's been so quiet. But I think if I remember correctly, the Ducks probably had about like 10 million cap space left last year, somewhere around there. So if the budget's, you know, basically the same, then perhaps they uh, they don't have as much money as you think they do. We think they do, at least. Yeah, and, you know, not being a great team, they're probably not, you know, getting, you know, sold-out crowds every single home game, too. So probably that's going to affect their internal cap. But that, that's the Ducks, you know. That's why we talked about them in the summer, because I was like, it's too quiet over there. You know, they got some big stuff, and, you know, George Terry signed. But, you know, now we're just waiting on the next big piece, and that's Trevor Zegers. Hey, man, there's just too much to do in Anaheim if uh, the Ducks aren't playing well. There's Disney World, man. Disneyland? Disneyland. One of those two. Does Shohei uh, stay in Anaheim? Maybe people are there to watch Shohei, not Zegers. He's gone. Uh, But with that, let's start the show properly then, shall we? You're listening to the Bag of Pucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. Well, that Babcock saga lasted uh, a little shorter than I thought it'd be. It's about as long... Babcock was coached for as long as... Last time Anson's been on is my guess. That was sad and depressing. Um, yeah. I mean, I I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, like I thought about it and I was like, you know what? It's not the shortest managerial or coaching stint in recent memory. If I, I don't know, in baseball, wasn't the Mets? manager they hired and he got fired like two days later after something came out about him or I want to say something also happened in Houston like the Astros no clue but still like in terms of hockey that was this is definitely one of the shorter ones in recent memory right well he didn't even coach a game right like that's like (laughs) that's probably like a record right like a coach being hired and not even ever you know taking not even a preseason game. I think he was only at the prospect tournaments. That's it. Was never even actual at an, like an actual game at Nationwide Arena. Like, I don't even know, man. There's just a whole lot of. It just came fast and furious. I mean, that's how they put it, right? Like, we heard nothing about this. Then all of a sudden, Spit and Chicklets brought like 
broke the story. And then like two, three days, then like, like the next day it was like, Oh, the NHLPA is all over this. And then like a day later, he's like, I, I, he quit. Like it was just like a very intense short saga. And I think that maybe is a benefit, like that it was this short, like they got everything kind of was investigated quickly you know, resolution was made quickly. Like, if this dragged on, I think this would have either, like, just made it more painful or, like, or just, like, like, it would have extended longer than it needed to. And I'm kind of happy that, you know, there was a resolution quite quickly, you know. But, I I mean, I, I feel like with what happened, I feel like history played a huge part in this. Like, if you thought of, any other coach, if you heard this story, would they have been fired? Or would they have been not forced to resign, but basically forced to resign? Like, if you heard this, this happened to, like, say, um, oh, Tom, Mc- yeah, Tom McClellan. Let's say no, that happened. Yeah, not, you don't hear anything. But, like, there's only one other coach where I, you would have this reaction from that I can think of top of my head. Um, Bill Peters. <laughs> yes. Basically, it's a it's one of those things where you're just like, if you heard of any of the coach, you're like, nah, that's just so outrageous. Like, that would never happen. What are you talking about? Like, it's just so, it's so outrageous. I don't know the way to put it. That's so outrageous. But then because someone who's already been in the timeout box, you know what I mean? You're just like, yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, you know, with that, with everything that happened in Anaheim and Detroit and Toronto, right? Like, that history kind of made people kind of already kind of, like, make a decision on him. Like, I think once we heard the news about Babcock, it was kind of like, okay, he's getting fired. Or, he like, he's not coaching anymore, right? Like, it, I always kind of feel bad for him because it's like, you know, you should look at, the, the, like, the, like, obviously the past and history has some effect on your opinion right but like sometimes you just have to look at the event itself or the incident and you know determine like i don't know i i think like having that conversation like like looking through someone's phone or having them share pictures of their phone like in the very generic basic incident to me that's not a fireable offense right if that person was willing to you know share pictures about their family fine um if it was to a point where you know you force someone to share the pictures of their family or friends or whatever then that's when maybe it's a you take offense but maybe it's not it's probably something you get you know reprimanded for but again fireable offense probably not if it was a different coach okay but the issue isn't that he made players share their pictures like it's you don't get to say no in a situation like that. Yeah, if you're like Johnny Gaudreau, you're just like, you could tell the coach, like, no, I'm not doing it, whatever, right? But it's for the players who are in between AHL and NHL. Or it's the guy trying to break into the NHL after getting drafted. You don't get to say no. Right? You don't... Your career is in the hands of this guy. You don't get to say no. Simple as that. It's a power dynamic thing. Yeah, and I feel like that's where the trouble comes with. Like, when you have a coach and a player, like, the power dynamics are... That's the thing. Like, like I think Mike Babcock 
probably still hasn't figured out the fact that he is in a situation where he has power over players and that he needs to not abuse his power over players or be no be don't be ignorant with the fact that you when you're asking someone to see pictures on their phone that they're almost being forced to say yes based on their situation based on the power that you have over them as a coach and I think until he re- if he didn't doesn't recognize that I think that's that's the issue right like I I, I don't know it, it, it's been like a witch hunt almost for him like we were all surprised when the Blue Jackets hired him and now I feel like the Blue Jackets are kind of you know they're biting the bullet on this one like they they, they fucked up right so now they gotta you know make a U turn and try to figure out what they're gonna do for the rest of the season now there, there's no real reason why you would why you would keep him around. I'm sorry. Like you, like why you would even hire him for another team. Like it's just too toxic. Like his brand is too toxic to keep him around. Right. Yeah. Like I think like he, like I don't think he's ever going to coach in the NHL anymore based on just history. Like no matter how much, you know, training and education that Babcock gets, and maybe he becomes, you know, a better person. But because of what you said, like the brand of Babcock, he is basically blacklisted himself from the entire NHL and maybe from the entire hockey community. Like, like I mean, I, maybe not. Well, we saw Bill Peters got hired, so maybe he's not blacklisted everywhere. But at least at the NHL level, he's probably done in the hockey world. Well, okay, you know, you know, KHL, you know, it's if he wants to go there, right? But I don't think like it's even worse. Like you wouldn't hire him from like the OHL or whatever, right? Like you know what I mean? You're not gonna hire him in the OHL. Yeah, and, and like if you think about it, like the last time Babcock won a Stanley Cup was what, like what, oh eight, oh nine? Like like in like the younger leagues, like having Mike Babcock as your coach isn't that like crazy, right? Like if you're like you, if you're a young player in the OHL, you probably don't even know who Mike Babcock is. You probably don't even remember him coaching Detroit or coaching him in Anaheim, right? Like, he he's no longer like a relevant, great head coach, right? Like he's just got a track record of it, but it's so far in the past that I, I don't really think many people will consider him, right? Like especially at the junior level. So, uh, you know, he's probably done, um, but. And again, we thought about that. He was done when he got fired, when he got let go by the Leafs. Um, and we've seen, you know, other coaches who've done worse things get hired. So I, I think time will tell us to see what happens with Mike Babcock, and, you know, whether he comes back or resurfaces anywhere in the NHL. I assume we're going to probably get, you know, down the road, we'll get his side of the story of what happened. And Do you think so? I, I feel like this just kind of like fades out, like, People just forget about him in terms of a hockey sense. Yeah, but I feel like he'll one day end up on someone's show or something, someone's radio show or someone's podcast or something, and um, he'll kind of explain his side of the story. But, like, not anytime soon, I would say. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's just it, – it it's compounded in how bad it is because he just came back from being in trouble. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it's like someone who just like violates their parole like one day after they get let go. Yeah. It's like, man, you you knew everyone was keeping an eye on how this goes. Like there was just a microscope on you. You got to be on your best behavior for at least like a year. You know what I mean? You got to be like like super caring and everything. Like even if that's not your personality, you just got to fake it. Or but then I guess at the same time it could just be he doesn't care, so it's just like oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't care if people like me or not. So whatever. Well, I, I think he thought like, oh, I've got two years here. How can I mess it up in my first two, three months on the job? I probably can't. I probably got a year to mess it up before I, I, I they consider even firing me, right? Like, no one, like this is unprecedented, right? Like, when was the last time uh, NHL hockey coach gets fired three months into the job? It, during the off season, no, I, like that's just crazy. Oh my god, it's, it's just wild. Well, speaking of wild, how come the LA Kings are in Australia? Oh, if only, if only the Minnesota Wild were with them. Um, it's about expanding the game, Jeffrey. Come on, you should know that. Like, if uh, I, I, I get it. But it's kind of like it's it's quite out there. Like I don't know. I've never thought of Australia being a place where the NHL wanted to potentially expand or gather interest. It almost seemed like the Kings were like, "Hey, we want to do training camp, but we're, we're we want to go somewhere fun." And they called up Gary Bettman and were like, "Hey, can you let us go to Australia?" And they're like, "Sure, why not?" Do you think it's really out there? Though I don't think it's really out there. Like if you think about it, it's a place with similar cultural. Like a similar culture to Canada and US, where the NHL is a really strong foothold. There's a lot of expats there from Canada, US. And it's kind of far enough out there where they can really make a difference. I think it's like, think about it, it's really not that culturally, it's not that different. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get it, but. Like what time? Like if you're watching Hockey Night in Canada, in Australia, what time is that being aired? Isn't that being aired at like, I I don't even know what time it would be at. Like I'm trying to think. So, if you're watching even like the latest game, like a Vancouver game, like a West Coast game, that'll probably be on at eleven midnight. Like, are you really getting? fans to like are you really building a hockey fan base in australia by watching having them like have games where no one might be even watching right like that, that's just a question I, I i'm not i'm not this thing australia but i'm just saying like does it really work out well i think at the end of the day if you look at where hockey can really expand and it's still relatively culturally similar to your strongholds right now there's really not that many left right like europe i think europe's hockey culture is really developing right you're looking at like you know switzerland germany you know austria like there there is a culture there already right like it's how strong it is um, that's a different argument you can definitely have a different day but you, you got a culture there and then if you look at the other you know countries where their culture is very similar like an Australia comes up, right? Like, I'm sorry, like you saw what happened with China, and I think China would have been a great 
if they really didn't just pull the plug after the first year. And that was the issue with, with the Chinese, like, ex- like play a couple expansion games, I don't even call it, but they just played a couple games and were like, oh, this isn't working, everybody. <laughs> like, you have to, you have to, it's, a, it's a process, right? You get people to understand the game, then you kind of expand it from there. So I think at the end of the day, like, that's probably just the best option remaining. Yeah, I, I guess. And it, it is quite novel to go to, like, like. <laughs> I mean, if you thought of Australia as a place to play hockey, like, I mean, you're, 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 I mean, given our, from our perspective, when you think of Australia, you think of, you know, the deserts, the outback, you're thinking about surfing and, you know, a laid back lifestyle. Like, where does hockey ever really fit in, right? Like, it, it just doesn't seem like a potential market, but clearly people in the NHL think, well, you know, maybe this is a market we can target. Let's give it a shot, see what happens. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of have to see. Like, let's hope they don't pull the plug again on, like, just, you know, just do it for one year and then pull the plug and be like, oh, it's not working. Like, I think the NHL needs to put a concerted effort into trying to, you know, find these, you know, different markets where they can expand in. You know, I'm, I'm sure the Kings are having a lot of fun down there, you know. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. Right now, it would be getting, like, it would be like, well, it's the Southern Hemisphere, right? So it's probably springtime down there for them. And, you know, it's getting a little bit warmer. And, you know, while up here in the Northern Hemisphere, it's starting to get a little bit colder. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I don't know. I, I just thought, you know, like, it, it's... You know, yeah, I, I wish it was the Kings in the Wild. The Wild and the Outback. I, I got the joke there. Honestly, if I would have thought it'd been better, but he wouldn't go, obviously. If you had like a, a Trevor Zegris there, you know, so like a very creative type of player, right? Like at the end of the day, may, yeah, Clayton Keller is probably pretty creative, but like besides Clayton Keller, there's not that many super creative players. That are going on this trip. I'm just sorry. Like, yeah, I, I, I love the Kings, but Kings are not a very creative team. They play hockey. They don't, they won't do like, they won't do like the, uh, what's it called? You know, the the lacrosse shot and all that stuff. You know what I mean? The Michigan. They're not doing the Michigan, right? So you, you want to get players like Zegris who would do the Michigan. You're like, oh my gosh. To draw that, those people in. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, there's no one really marketable. And, like, yeah, like, it would have really made sense if it was, like, the Ducks and the Kings down under, right? Like, Coyotes and the Kings. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, the Kings don't really have, uh, like, a marketable young player to really attract, you know. Like, I mean, like, we're saying young players because I think if you're at the NHL, you're trying to build a new market. Like, you want to, you know, try to attract a younger audience because once you attract a younger audience, that can, you know, last a lifetime, right? So we're not saying that, like, people don't like Drew Doughty, but, like, I, I think, you know, you're trying to attract a younger audience, right? So Drew Doughty is a very steady player. Yeah, like, he's, like, I mean, I think Drew Doughty has a lot of personality, so I, I do think, like, he is a good option, but I, like, I agree. Like, maybe, may, yeah, they like, I think maybe they missed a chance. And Arizona's kind of, like, Oh, the NHL is going to pay for us to go there. Yay, we don't have to spend too much money. I don't know. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're going to play. Their, maybe they're going to be playing the home games in at uh, Rod 
Laver- is it Rod, Rod Laver- Laver- Arena? Yeah, we ever played. I don't know why one? I know that. I don't know who plays there or whatever, but that's that's the only thing I know about it. No, that's where they played the Australian Open. Oh, really? I have no clue. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't even know who Rod Laver is. Probably is, is some very famous guy. I just don't know who he is. You know what? This is now the Rod Laver. Uh, uh, let us see what I, I I swear he's probably yeah he's a tennis player. Like why else are we questioning that? That would totally make sense. But yeah, I don't know who that is. I just know that arena exists. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Um, yeah, training camp's just starting up. I think we're going to start to get like, a lot of news coming in here and there. And we're going to try to, you know, find some fun stories to talk about. But, you know, it's, it's just kind of started. You know, we're just going to kind of wait and see any big training camp battles. Um yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be kind of an interesting year. I feel like a lot of teams are kind of in it. There's not really a team that I would say is like a, like a favorite right off the bat this year. Like, yeah, I'm telling you right now, if the Kings win most of these games against like Australia, I'm going to be screaming that they're going to win the Cup. If they lose most of these games, I'm going to say the NHL is rigged. I'm just telling you right now. Right? I'm just pre-warning you. Yeah, but like, it, like how many teams, like if you look at, you know, the current, you know, landscape in the nhl like look at all these teams i would say there's probably like okay besides like anaheim san jose arizona montreal Chicago, um yeah those are really the only montreal okay calm your horses i think montreal has a chance like like out would you be uh, like, would you say like they have no chance of making the playoffs this year? Yeah, <laughs> I hate you. Even after they brought in a beloved ex king and Tanner Pearson. Yeah. <laughs> See, like that's the thing. Like, okay, I'm. I don't think Montreal is completely out of it, but realistically, there aren't. There's so many teams that could, you know, if they like play better than what was expected. You know they're they're a playoff team or no no I totally get it like I'm just teasing you but yeah like it's actually an open league which is great for fans right it's oh like especially you know if you don't have a specific team you cheer for like it's an exciting because you're just like well any team could win like I generally want to watch I don't want to see you know my team getting rolled over every night you know what I mean. So it's like there's actually excitement, there's actually intrigue into the year, which I would say there's been years that there, there really isn't. But this year it actually has that intrigue. Well, I feel like it, it's like compared to the NBA, right? Like where there's like certain powerhouses where you know like, oh, they're definitely going to make the playoffs, even if, you know, their star gets injured. But like in the NHL this year, it seems like maybe there are teams that you could say like maybe you're 75, 80% sure they're going to make the playoffs, but there's no one that's like a near definite to make the playoffs this year. Maybe the LA Kings in your point of view. I'd say there's probably like four or five teams who are most likely going to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like with a pretty good confidence. But yeah, like I get your not, point. I get your it's point. It's not 99% anymore. Like this most is like, of the league is like, Ooh, if you want to, if you want to be controversial, you can say most of the league is a playoff bubble team. Yeah, uh, thankfully we don't have like uh, extra wild card spots like the MLB, which is making it really weird this year. But yeah, basically every team has a chance, and you know that's what we want in sports, right? We want everyone to have a chance. You know, 
We want to see the underdog story. We want to see teams on the bubble. Like we want to make sure that we actually get meaningful hockey all the way until April, like all the way up to the playoffs. We want to see meaningful hockey. Yeah, like I don't want to see half the team getting rested in you know March or whatever because they know they're making the playoffs. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's pretty much the end of our episode. But before we leave off, I'm here to cause Olsen some more pain. You know, every year, uh, you know, the off season is a long off season. Sometimes we forget where everyone plays. So we're going to quickly kind of go through a couple of players and see, you know, where are they now? And let's see if Olsen paid attention and knows where they're playing now. Again, I'd like to be fair with Olsen. And he always says, oh, don't pick players that I don't know of or, you know, people who played like one game in the NHL last season and now on a different team. I have selected or I've curated a list of six players. All these players played more than 80 games. Wow. And so out of these six players, well, I'm going to give you the name and you're going to tell me where they're playing now. All these players have changed teams this offseason. So maybe that helps. Maybe that doesn't. But um, we'll see how Austin does. Are these all signings or are there trades too? Um. A couple are, ooh, I think, uh, one's a trade, and I think the other five are signings, I want to say. I, I, I wasn't even paying attention to how they got acquired. I was just like, hey, they're on a different team than I thought they were. Okay, yeah. there you go. So there's no goalies here. They said they play games. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, We're this is an empty net situation. No goalie on the ice. All right, all right. Uh, I don't know if any of these guys would be on the ice. Actually, no. One of the, let's start with this one guy who might end up on the ice on an on a empty net situation. Lars Eller. Where does he play now? Lars Eller. Uh, I want to say he signed for... Oh, I know, I know, I know. We ride for... for he's, joined, he's joined the last dance in Pittsburgh. That's right, dude. Yes, Lars Eller is now part of the Pittsburgh Penguins. After being on the other side with Washington for quite a long time, he's now switched allegiance to go, you know, after playing, not playing with, but like playing on the same team as Ovechkin, now he's playing on the same team. Yo, Lars Eller played 80 games last year? Yeah, he, well, he, he got traded to uh, Colorado. I think he played like more than 80 games. I think he's one of the, one of the few people who played like 83, 84 games. Lars Eller has actually, surpri- been, actually had a, like, he's been a surprisingly durable player. Well, I mean, you always need a third-line center, and he has clearly proven that time and time and again that he still has value. Like, he wins face-offs, good defensive center. You know, remember he first played his first NHL game with Montreal, but remember which team drafted him? Uh, no. It was St. Louis. I can't remember what the trade was. I remember it was a weird trade that he went came over in. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, he came over to... Oh, for Yaroslav Halak. Yo, if Lars Eller continues like how his like how how he expects to play, he's gonna play a thousand plays a thousandth game this this year. Which that's that's kind of crazy. I don't think many people thought he would ever make it that far. But yeah, know, yeah, really, he's a surprisingly yeah. durable player. All right, let's talk about a player that is. Uh... Maybe he's he's a guy that makes other people not as durable. Garnet Hathaway. Where does he play now? No clue. 
Where would you think a guy like Garnet Hathaway play? Well, Washington, A. Eh? I don't know. Wait, like he... he seems like the type of guy that would be like like Vancouver or like Yeah, Vancouver. Like just weirdly gritty team that just is old. Well, speaking of gritty, he now plays for the Philadelphia Flyers. Ah, that is also a team that's just weirdly gritty. Like, imagine a line of Nick Delorier, Garnet Hathaway, and fourth one center. That's just, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, granted, I feel like if Delorier is played, then Hathaway's in the press box, and if Hathaway's playing, Delorier's in the press box. That's just my opinion, but I guess you need someone to protect the young guys. Yeah. How much is he getting paid? I want to say, like, it's probably like 1.1. I want to say, I can't remember. Let's Let me pull it up. up. Garnet. Oh. Wrong, oh, wrong I... window. Garnet he Hathaway. is getting paid. Uh... Yo, $2.375 million? Hello? Oh, well, what? Well, some people might value his ability to oh, protect players. I guess know. he did have like 26 points last season. That is fair. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad total, but again, probably a little bit too much for him. But that you know, you know Philadelphia. Remember they signed Nick Delore to a four year deal last year. That is fair. This this is whatever they want to do. That is very, right. it is a very Philly signing, you're right. Alright, we're gonna go to another player here. Um he was a... He, let's do our our one guy who I'm pretty sure was traded this offseason. Even sure. Lorenz. Where does he play now? Dude, I didn't know where he played before. <laughs> <laughs> well, he used to play in Carolina, but then he played for another team last year, and now he plays on another team. I'm not Dude, I have no clue. <laughs> I don't even know where he played before. <laughs> Fine, he played in San Jose. What trade has San Jose made this this off season? Beats me. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to give you any help. He now plays with the Panthers. Ah, interesting. <laughs> He played that would... 80 games with San Jose somehow. I don't know how, but someone had to play in San Jose. Would not have guessed that at all. <laughs> all right, let's talk. Let's talk about you know this. I feel like this guy's a staple on this segment. Matt Nieto. What is he? <laughs> oh my god, he is. I want to say, Sens. Uh... Or was he just on the Sens? I don't think he was ever on the Suns, but I will double check that. He just used to be a guy that kind of floats around everywhere. Um, if you need a depth score or someone, you know. I remember his days mainly in San Jose, but I don't think he ever... Yeah, he never played in Ottawa. He's only played in San Jose or Colorado, but huh. it always seems like he is playing somewhere else. Interesting. Do you have any other guesses? Did you say San Jose? No, that's where I remember his. Oh, players. I have no clue where Matt Nieto is playing right now. He has joined the Last Dance crew in Pittsburgh. Ah, the young, the young gun. Well, I mean, he is currently thirty. So. Yeah, on that team, is he not pretty young? <laughs> yes, he does bring down the average age on that team. But yeah, I mean, if, if for a team that has too many, has so many great centers, you need to find a winger. You know, Matt Nieto is a cheap winger that you can bring in. All right, so I'm curious. I have the Pens cap from the open. At 30 years old, Matt Nieto is under the average age of reports. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, 
Well, we'll see until the final roster is made. You know, maybe he'll be on the older on the older side. We'll never know. But uh, let's see. We've got two more players. I think you've gone. I've got one. Yeah, you got the first one right. Yeah. Uh, let's go with Christian Fisher. Fisher. I want to say former. No, no, that was Christian Dvorak. I was going to say Christian Coyote. Fisher. Huh? Coyote from Coyote. Yeah, he was on the Coyotes, but he's not on the Coyotes anymore. Yeah, no, he's not. Like we say, we, I was like, you're thinking of Dvorak. I'm like, no, I think you're talking Christian Fisher. Oh, uh, no, I was uh, thinking more of like Christian Dvorak. Like he used to play with Mitch Marner on the. Oh, London Knights? Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I am pretty confident in this one. I think he's in Detroit, isn't he? Yes, he is in Detroit. And honestly, I was kind of surprised that the Coyotes didn't qualify him, given how much. Fisher only signed for like he was a decent fourth line depth guy for him like but you can find fourth line depth guys like pretty easily right yeah but you know he's a guy that was willing to well he was kind of forced to stay there like I thought like you know a guy who's played there might want to stay there longer that's my that's my opinion yeah okay well two for five we got one left two for two for four so far no no we did yeah alert Nieto. Yeah. yeah. Hathaway. Yeah. Lorenz. Oh, Lorenz. See, Lorenz. I don't ever remember Lorenz. <laughs> and Fisher. So you're on your last person. Yeah. And this is to hit the 50% passing mark. Let's go. That's always been a challenge for Olsen. Yes. Um, Nico Mikola. Who? <laughs> Nico Mikola. Formerly... No clue who that even is. <laughs> He, he sounds was, made up. <laughs> he was part of the Tarasenko trade. Oh, that? is it like um, it's N I K K O, right? Yeah. Why are you trying to look it up now on your phone? No, I still don't. I, now the name at least sounds familiar to me. Like I've actually heard of the name before. <laughs> I don't know yeah. where he is though. Do we do we want to hazard a guess or? I'll be honest with you. I've been very busy at work the last couple of months. Like I have hockey has been a bit of a bit of a back burner item. <laughs> I would say he's in. I feel like he's in like a really random, like team that like you kind of just like fly by, like I don't know, like a like a like like a like a Seattle. Or like a Dallas, like something like Dallas, something like a team that you just kind of like, oh yeah, they exist. It seems like every player that Alston doesn't know ends up in Florida. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's in uh, Florida now. So yeah, apparently if you if Alston doesn't know who you are and You're you, know in Florida. you play hockey, you go play for the Panthers. Yeah, right. Florida, Florida Panthers don't exist. What are you talking about, man? They're a figment of your imagination. <laughs> There's only one team in Florida, right? Uh, no. Screw you. <laughs> I know that the Lightning exists. <laughs> Is that too far away from the Kings? Yeah, dude. Any team west of California... Sorry, east of California... Jesus, please. East of California doesn't exist. <laughs> Apparently. Anyway, that's pretty much it for our game. Uh, Olsen, again, like school, did not pass. Hey! So, uh... <laughs> I have a degree. <laughs> I don't use it, but I have a degree. <laughs> Case in point. All right. Do you have any final thoughts before we finish off? Uh, Florida Panthers don't exist. They're a figment of your imagination. That is my final thought. 
All right. Well, we'll hopefully talk to you guys in maybe two weeks times again, and maybe we can bring on. Let's see if we can get Anson on so that we can get his point of view on the good old Babcock and his uh nice short term and well short term contract. I was called cat like a temporary contract position. Let's say summer internship. <laughs> That sounds like a really good title for our uh, podcast this week. Summer All right. internship. We will uh, talk soon. And until uh, then, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Bag Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.